Well, I thought it was appropriate tonight, um, you know, not just because there's a special time of the year do you necessarily preach along that line. Um, you, you have to be led by what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. But I did feel tonight to share, we celebrate Thanksgiving um, tomorrow. But as we said earlier, Thanksgiving is, is something that the believer celebrates every day. And it's, a, it's an attitude that we have. In fact, thankfulness is a condition of the heart. How many remember we talked, um, was it last week or the week before, we talked about the condition of the heart and how you're supposed to protect your heart. In fact, I want you to um, turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at that again. But we should always have an attitude of gratitude. That's just not a catchy phrase, but that's something that we are supposed to do. It's to always have an attitude of gratitude. Well, it's not just an attitude. It is a condition of the heart. But notice what Proverbs chapter 4 says. Proverbs 4 in verse 20. says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Father, we thank you tonight for this time together, Lord, as we just celebrate your presence. And Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight that is, Lord, opens our eyes. And Lord, we just purpose in our heart to be doers of the word tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So he says, my son, attend to my words. Put the word first place in your life. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health, or as the margin says, medicine to all your flesh. So God's word is actual, not just like medicine, it is medicine to all your flesh. And so that's why it's important that, that you know, a lot of times people, um, you know, and we're not against doctors, uh, you have to learn how to cooperate. Every situation, you, you pray about what you do, and you cooperate with the Lord. You know, as we've said before, if you're going to go, people say, well, do I trust God or do I go to the doctor? Well, it's not just an either-or proposition. If I'm going to go in in a cold operating room, I'm going to be praying and trusting God. Amen. So, you, you know, even if you're taking a medicine, you want to take it in faith. And, 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 you know, don't just be against, you know, sometimes people are just against things. Don't be against things. What you want to do is get to the place where you don't need the medicine. Don't be against, you know, going and, and borrow money. Just be thankful for the day when you don't have to and you have the money. You can just, you know, pay cash. Amen. I'd like to just pay cash for everything. But, you know, it's a process sometimes of getting there. And so, you know. I believe that the further we follow the Lord, that, you know, this year is going to be better than last year. Next year is going to be better than this year. And so that's the way it's supposed to be. But notice here, he says, keep your heart with all diligence. What the Amplified says is, above all that you guard, for out of it flow the forces of life. So the issues of life come out of the Spirit. So what do we have to do? We have to protect it. We have to watch over it. And one of the things we have to watch over, and if you, if you know anything about society 
and all you have to do is just walk outside. You have to protect your heart against, against unthankfulness and ingratitude. Why? Because what's, especially on Monday morning, what's everyone's conversation? Oh, man. That's the first two words. Oh, this weekend. Oh, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's Monday. They sing that song, Monday, Monday. You know, just, that's what it's like. And it's, there you go. Every day's a good day. See, that'll shut somebody up. You get up and say that, hey, I love Monday. I mean, they'll find a restroom or something, and they just don't know what to do, you know. <laughs> but we protect our heart against ingratitude and unthankfulness. Thankfulness is something that we express to the Lord. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I just, I have those things in my heart, but, you know, I'm just a quiet, reserved individual. But no, those things, whatever's in your heart should come out. The Bible says that a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. What does that mean? It's, it's going to show up on my face. If it's not on your face, then it's not, it's not enough of it down in your heart. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Actually, it says speaketh, but it leaks. It comes out. The more, you know, it's not hard to find out what people are full of. What's one of the big conversations on Monday? Everybody's talking about, what the NFL games were on Sunday. And that's okay, you know, but you can tell if somebody's full of it. You know, I heard a minister preach a message one time, what are you full of? Well, you know, people can be full of a lot of different things. And like I said, it's, it's okay to enjoy certain things, but what are we full? We should be more full of the word, more full of the things of God than anything else. And so one of the things we have to do is stir ourselves up daily when it comes to Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of people, I think, they have the idea. It's like, yeah, I'm thankful, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm thankful for, my, for this or I'm thankful for my dog. And yeah, I'm thankful for um, this. And <clears throat> You know, you wonder sometimes, you look and see, People driving down the road, and they got a big dog in the front seat, and they look in there, their spouse is in the back seat. There's a, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> but we always have something to be thankful for. And like I said, it's something that you have to learn to express. You express it to the Lord. Lord, I, I just thank you today. Thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord. And don't just be general. I mean, it's good to have general thanks and general praise. Like, Lord, I just thank you. I, I worship you. I honor you. But get specific and say, Lord, oh, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, I had a good good um, bed to sleep in. I thank you that I had a good pillow. I thank you, you know, about I have, um, you know, a good meal today. I thank you that I'm eat again. I thank you that that, you know, I have a good place to sleep, you know, I have this, and I have a good job. You know, everything, you just stir up and you be specific. You know, a lot, and people say, well, you know, but I have this wrong with me. Well, are you breathing? You know, you can always, you know, people can have something wrong with a little finger, and it's like, oh, my finger, oh, my finger. Well, all the other digits work. Their lungs are good. Everything is good, but just that little finger. You know, I, I, um, 
I made mention of this one time. Our pastor was in um, the nation of Burundi. And um, the, the president of the nation was having a national day of Thanksgiving. And um, it was not a religious thing at all, uh, a, a service, say it like that. But it was, a, it was for the country. But he got out there and led praise and worship. And he was jumping and dancing and, and rolling around on the platform. And our pastor said, uh, boy, this is King David out there. <laughs> and that's the way he was. But he got up and he said, Lord, I just thank you for the day. I thank you for the papayas. Lord, I thank you for the air. He just went on and on for 20, 30 minutes, just like, Lord, I just thank you for the grass. Lord, I just thank you. And just all the little things that we forget about. But, you know, if when you start thinking about it, I mean, I was just, I was thinking about this even as I was studying. I was just, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for Thank you for our cups in here. Thank you for the pair of scissors. Thank you for that. You know, use everything. Thank you, Lord, for my clothes. Thank you for the buttons on my shirt. You know, just everything. Being thankful. And so it's something we have to stir ourselves up. And so one of the things we have to realize is being unthankful is a trap that the enemy was set. Being discontented. You know, just a, just a discontent. Now, I think there, there should be a discontent for us to stay the same. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He says, the only satisfaction I have is the dissatisfaction that has to be satisfied over and over again. So let me interpret that for you. He said, the only thing I'm satisfied with is I'm, I need to change every day. I'm just satisfied with the fact that I'm dissatisfied of where I'm at and I want to continually grow in the Lord. But when it comes to the things that God's put in our life, we're supposed to be thankful and not discontented. And so I think one of the hard attitudes we have to do is, number one, be thankful for what we have. Be thankful for what we have in life. And number two, be happy for others when they are blessed. Because, see, this is where we have heart attitudes. We have heart attitudes when things come that we see other people getting blessed, and we think, hmm, they don't deserve that. You know, I've been serving God for 40 years. I've been in the way. Yeah, you've been in the way for 40 years. <laughs> That's when it's time to get out of the way. But what, what happens, though, is people get bitter. They get jealous. And see, jealousy and envy will always try to rise up. Here's the thing, though, we have to realize. We don't know how people got things. I, I, was, I heard somebody saying this um, here recently, and they were talking about something that they had. And they said that they were talking about their shoes were very expensive. He said, but then it cost me a dime. And, and he was talking about something else that he had. He said, uh, he said, I have a very nice watch. He said, but you don't understand, it costs less than your, your plastic Timex. Why? Because someone blessed him with it. So, he says, so we don't know how people got stuff. And, um, I mean, this is a whole teaching in itself, but when people say, well, you know, they don't deserve that, that's too good for them, we're talking about things. 
people are more important than things. So if somebody had a million-dollar sports car, God bless them. That's theirs. And you know what? That's their money and that's their business. But boy, I tell you what, you know, you're talking about something that makes people fight mad. And you know what? What Actually, what happens is the spirit of Judas rises up. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like Judas. You know what Judas said? See, people quote Judas like it was Jesus. I mean, I know there's the same amount of letters, you know, and it starts with a J and ends with an S. But it's, Judas and Jesus are different. Not even close. But you know what happened is they, they said, oh, this could have been, what did they say? This could have been, and people, even sinners know this verse. It's kind of funny how people don't even know the Bible, but they know wives submit, and they know that, that um, Job had boils, and they know this verse here. And so they say, oh, you know, this could have been sold for, for days, you know, basically a whole day, um, 300 pence, which was almost like a whole year's salary. In, in a real conservative way, maybe $30,000. Very conservative. And said, this could have been sold and given to the poor. And you know what they tried to do? Notice Jesus didn't stop the woman from giving. Woman, you know, haven't you learned better than this? You know, we should go feed the poor. And of course, I love the way the word of God is because John chapter 12, his account says this. This he said, not because he cared for the poor. I like what Jesus said. He said, the poor you have always. He said, and, wh- and whenever you want to, you can do something for them. But you don't have me always. Well, here's the thing. That spirit will never give to the poor anyway. Actually, what it was was a... The Bible talks in Thessalonians about a cloak of covetousness. Judas used the cloak and the covering just like a garment. You put on a cloak. He used the cloak of um, caring for the poor as a cover-up for his covetousness. Why? Because the Bible says that he bore what was in the bag. Why? Because that woman, she, she put that offering on Jesus and pew, he's like, oh, what a waste because it wasn't sold and it wasn't put in there where he could put his hands on it. And what did the very next verse say? From then on, he went to see if he could betray Jesus. Over 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> and then people, people say things like, well, you know, Money's not really that important. It doesn't matter. Well, to God, what does gold and silver really mean? Not a whole lot. I mean, it's, it's like his pavement in heaven. But it's a hard thing. And so when it comes to, to others, rejoice when they're blessed. And I know that's a mini message. I didn't, uh, I just kind of got off on that a little bit, but I believe that's so important because People have to keep their hearts right. Amen? And people, what happens is people get bitter. And you know, I don't, when people are, I don't care if they're a sinner. 
If they're a sinner, I'll, I'll just say, well, praise the Lord. It's laid up for the righteous. And it's laid up for me, so you just keep working hard. <laughs> but I want to share just a couple of Bible examples. And um, uh, these would be some, maybe something that's real familiar with you. But how many know it's not what you know, it's what you do? You can know the word, but unless you practice it. <clears throat> but I want to share from the book of 1 Kings chapter 21. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you can read this um, in your spare time. But this is what we're talking about, having an unthankful heart. heard a man of God say this one time. He said that he was praying, and he said, to, the Lord said, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive? He said, well, it didn't take me but a second to say yes. He said, learn how to cultivate a life of thanksgiving. Well, you know, it's just like your kids. What if they never say thank you? Or what if they act like it's not even important? How much does that make you want to go out and get them something else? But I notice even with my youngest, especially especially when it's a, or even if it's a, taking them to get something like through Arby's or something, you know, thank you, <laughs> or a slushy or something. You know, it's, it's like, it's almost like saying thanks ahead of time, and that, that's good. Thank you. Well, that's what we should do with the Lord. It should be a, a heart attitude. And the more that, see, when he does that, the next time he asks for something, what do I think? I'm more inclined to do that. It's not something where we, we, we pay, you know, that we can bribe God, but that's just something we should, a natural thank you. Father, I thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for, for who you are. You know, and one of the things, you, when you study the ministry of Jesus, Capernaum was one of the places where he set up headquarters. But the Bible had some of the most severe judgment for that place. In fact, that's one of the, the places, I think, that was never rebuilt. And, you know, when you go back and you can look at, uh, you go to Israel. and <clears throat> But Capernaum, the Bible says, if the same works were done... It talked about Tyre and Sidon, but it talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. If the same works would have been done there that were done here in your city, they would have repented long ago. <clears throat> and Jesus talked about them being exalted to heaven to be brought down to hell. And what was it? They took it for granted. You know, the Bible talked about Jerusalem. Jesus wept over the city and said, how much I would have gathered your young, just like, you know, a, a hen gathers its chicks, but they would not. The Bible talked about where Jesus said they missed their time of visitation. <clears throat> and what, what actually that is, is a hardness of heart and taking it for granted. That's why we never want to take the things for granted. Never take the things of God for granted. Hallelujah. And I know we're preaching to the choir tonight. <laughs> Amen. 
But 1 Kings chapter 21, the Bible says, it's talking about uh, a man by the name of Naboth. And the Bible says that Ahab, in verse 2, says, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is nearer to my house. And I will give you for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good, I will give you the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto you. So this wasn't just like something that was real small. This was his inheritance. Ahab came to his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give your, my inheritance to, or not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. Now, who are we talking about? We're talking about the king of the nation. And he goes down and it says, he laid down upon his bed and turned away his face, would eat no bread. I don't know about you, but growing up, we call that pouting. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said to her, Because I spake unto Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me my, thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be merry. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city, dwelling with Naboth. So here, what do we see here? We see a man not being thankful for what he had. And he was covetous for what was someone else's. And after he said no, he's yielding to self-pity, feeling, you know, feeling sorry for himself laying in the bed. You know, and, you know, maybe, you know, she came up, what's wrong, baby? And, you know, maybe he just mumbled a little bit. And he just, what? What was that? Naboth wouldn't give you that vineyard. Well, you know, I'll take care of that. And she did. And if you go on reading the story, the Bible says that they said, you know, we're going to set these two people up. And it, it happened exactly like they said. And these, these two, it said sons of Belial, which is of the devil said that, that he blasphemed, and they took him out and stoned him, killed him. And when you, keep, when you read in the next chapter, um, verse 14, or the same chapter, it says, Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And she says, Take possession of of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. Verse 17, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, 
Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. And then um, look down in verse 24. Him that dies of Ahab in the city, the dog shall eat. And him that dies in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. But there was none like unto Ahab which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. So you want your wife to stir you up to godliness, not to, to ungodliness. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And it came to pass, I want you to notice how powerful this, this passage is. He says, when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes. That didn't mean he rent them out to somebody. That means he tore them. <laughs> he put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. He repented. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, now can you listen to the wording here? Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? <laughs> because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days. But in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. So even if you have judgment coming your way, the Bible says if you repent, if you call on the name of the Lord, if you humble yourself, what does the Bible say? If my people call by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their land, heal them, you know, heal their land. <clears throat> and so that's what God's looking for. You know, the Bible says in Luke 13, Jesus is ministering. He says, he says, you know, he talked about this one tower that fell upon 18 people. He said, are they more wicked people because this happened? He said, no, but unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And he talked about other things. And so repentance is actually a gift, and it's the way out. Hallelujah. And, and see, that's, the world doesn't know that. And, and the, the price has already been paid for every person if they would just accept it and repent. And so we see that all of this started... Actually, all of this started when he was laying in the bed, pouting, with an uh, unthankful attitude. Because when you're unthankful, you, you're going to complain about what you don't have, what I didn't do, what the opportunities I didn't have, and this person had. And that's why one of the things that will, can cause people to get depressed when they start comparing themselves. I don't compare myself with anybody. Why? Because... I have a different life. I have a different calling and assignment. And I'm not in the same place that person is. I don't know what they know. I don't have the, not saying I don't, you know, I have a, maybe a different revelation of something. You know, the, the Lord, you don't know what, what someone has worked out with the Lord and where they are in their relationship with the Lord. And so having an attitude of gratitude, 
The Bible says over in Romans chapter 1. And I just thought it would be, sometimes we, we deal with just one side of it, but this is another side of, of gratitude. You know, we can say, well, be thankful, be thankful. Yeah, 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 I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Thank you, Jesus. But we need to know what happens if we're not thankful. But, but Romans chapter 1. I know in some, in some quarters, Romans 1 is like forbidden scripture, but it's still the word of God. But I want you to look down there. You know, verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. <clears throat> but I want you to look um, down at um, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, on the day that we stand before the Lord, no one will have an excuse. I didn't hear. I didn't know. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Notice this. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God to a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. You know, that's, that's happening today. People, people are worshiping everything besides uh, the Creator. <clears throat> the earth is not your mother. You know, the Bible says Eve is your mother. She's the mother of all living. <clears throat> But the earth, you're never going to save the earth. And, and all this earth worship and things like that. And so he says that people are going to serve the creatures more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up. So I want you to notice though the progression. He's talking about that when they knew God. So they had a revelation of God. They knew something about him. They glorified him not as God. Well, you know, that's just, you know, that's not him. That's not really God. That's just our humanism. That's just our hard work and our hard effort. And it said because that, they, they glorified him not. Neither were thankful. They became vain. See, whenever you begin to be unthankful, your, your understanding becomes darkened. It's like, it's, that's what pride does. Pride hardens you. It hardens your mind to where you don't even see the truth. You don't even see what's reality. He says, for this cause, verse 26, God gave them up to vile affections. 
For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God, see, even society. No, we can't have God. You know what's amazing? You can't have a society that wants to kick God out of this, kick God out of this. We can't have God in prayer. We can't have God in school. We can't have this. Oh, but uh, we want to believe for his protection. It doesn't work that way. We're, gonna, Lord, we're just going to kick you out, but, then, but Lord, we still need your protection. <laughs> Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. See, to a reprobate mind, What's a reprobate mind? A mind void of judgment. You don't even know what's right. It's like when you look in the media today. Call the good, good they're calling evil, and evil good. To do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despite despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in in them that do them. So I just want you to see what he's saying about all these different conditions it all started with an unthankful heart <clears throat> and not keeping God's, um, the knowledge of God first place in their life. I heard R.W. Schambach talking about, he read that one time. He was in a hotel room. He just started shouting. He just, you know, he was shouting, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, he just get, went on, on, somebody knocking on the door, you know, knocking on the wall. Hey, shut up over there, you know. <laughs> he said, I just kept going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, that's one thing, too, when, when any kind of wrong thought, I don't care what the thought is, if you don't know what to say, just start praising the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Oh, I worship you. I give you glory. I give you honor. And then you start quoting the word. And so all these things happen out of an ungrateful heart. And then I want you to look over at 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. You know, sometimes I think it's motivating sometimes the negative side of things because, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, preaching on hell, um, you should only preach on heaven. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a motivating thing. Well, if you've seen it, it is. <clears throat> and just seeing what the Word says about hell. Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. But look at 1 Corinthians 10, and we'll finish with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When you read this whole passage, the Bible says that all the things we see in the Old Covenant are our example. 
Wouldn't you rather learn from someone else's mistake than your own? When you learn from your own, that's called the school of hard knocks. And that's not a good school to learn from. And I hate, I hate learning from my own mistakes. I'd rather just watch someone else miss it and then just know, okay, don't do that. Amen. So look at verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things or desire after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed as serpents. Look at verse 10. Neither murmur you as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. <clears throat> so, what caused, and one of the things you see about the children of Israel all through the Old Covenant, they always murmured. They got out there, and then they said, would to God we'd have stayed in Egypt. It was better we were over in Egypt. Now, they must have real short-term memory because it, it was only a few days and weeks ago that they were there and they were in bondage. And they were slaves. They didn't even own themselves. And they're talking about going back to Egypt. Oh, we want the leeks and the onions and the garlic. <clears throat> and the Bible says here, that don't let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. The Bible talked about how when they, they, they disobeyed God and these snakes. Now, you know, you're, you're in the desert. There's many, many snakes out there. Why were they being bitten before? Well, now that they disobeyed, all that ever has to happen for you not to be protected is God just to take it, remove his hand. The devil doesn't have to do a lot. The Lord just takes his hand off and, and things, you know, people, because of their, their disobedience, what happens is people, God passes judgment, which allows the destroyer access. He, he just, a lot of times his hands are tired and he just has to take his hands off. And so this, that's when, Moses, the Lord said, okay, raise this serpent, put it on a pole, and those that look shall live. And it's the same thing we see in the medical field, you know, with that. You see, what do you see? You see a snake. And what's that talking about? That's talking about judgment. And as they looked at that snake, and it, it's not just a little a glance, but it's an absorbing gaze. As they looked, they would live. So we don't just look at the word with just a, oh boy, isn't that nice? You know, we, we got Holy Bible on the coffee table. And let's, let's keep it dusted off good. Well, it's important that you get Holy Bible on the inside of you. And then he says, neither murmur you, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Notice it, 
It says they were destroyed of who? The destroyer. Who's the destroyer? That's not God. That's the enemy. So what happens when we complain? What happens when we have a, a heart attitude that's wrong? What happens when we let envy come in and bitterness? Well, you know, I, I was vying for that position, and I, I've been at the company longer than they have, but, you know, they just stole it from me. And you know what? I, I think that's wrong, and it's just I'm going to take up a coalition here. I'm going to take up, you know, I'm going to get a petition signed about this. What's happening? That bitter, you're letting a root of bitterness come in. Instead of saying, well, you know what, Lord? You know where I'm at. And you know, you know you've, you've called me. And Lord, you know how to get me to the top. And you know how to get me to the next place. Instead of trusting God. People, you know, try to do things in the flesh. But the Bible says because they, they complained, they were destroyed of the destroyer. Grumbling will get you destroyed. And you'll begin to lose things. And, you know, it's sad that people have to lose things before they appreciate it, what they had. So what do we have to do? We have to protect our heart with all diligence. You know what that means? That means it's going to take some effort. It's just like the Bible says, casting down imaginations and not just most things, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means... If you have to do it a thousand times, if that thought comes a thousand times, you just have to cast it down a thousand and one. And protect your heart. And do what the Bible says. The Bible says, in fact, I'm going to turn over there. Ephesians 5. Well, Colossians says it as well. Let's see here. Colossians. The Bible says in Colossians 3.17, In whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Ephesians 5 says this, Don't be drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. You know there's a reason that it's called wine and spirits. Ephesians 5, 5.18. When my brother went to college, there was a, a liquor, actually it wasn't even a liquor store, but it sounds like it. It was called Boozers. And um, I thought, man, that's, that's and of course I wasn't saved at the time, but you think, boy, there's definitely some wine and spirits in there. But what happens is, here's what happens when you get under the influence of, of, of alcohol, other, other things are in control and other spirits. And, you know, even, you know, with certain drugs. And, and see, that's what the, the enemy, you know, a lot of people do that as an escape. But, but what about the Christian? What do they have? Well, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. We got the real deal. And so... Sorry, I lost my place there. He said, don't be drunk with wine where it's in excess. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always 
for all things, or as other translations say, in all things. So what does that mean? I, I don't give, you know, Lord, I just thank you that my car broke down, Lord. No, you just say, Lord, you know, Lord, this happened, but I thank you that you sent someone to help me. I thank you that you sent the money. I thank you that you did this. So in all things, give me thanks for in all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you just have to stir yourself up. You just have to stir yourself up. Lord, I'm just going to be thankful. Why? Because as I do that, I'm going to, do you want to see increase this next year? Then begin to cultivate. How many know that when you cultivate something, that doesn't just happen automatically? But you begin to just cultivate a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. And you know what? Be, cultivate means like, you work on it. You know, like if you, you cultivate a piece of land, you take, you take the, the tools out, you break up that land, you, you break up the, the, the dirt, you begin to cultivate it. What does that mean? You work on it, you, you know, just like if, when you plant something, who's ever planted tomatoes or something? You have to get the weeds out. You have to always come back. You have to, to work on it. So that means as I cultivate Thanksgiving... That means that I work on it, and as I begin to be thankful. And you know what? A lot of times, be like that, that president of the nation. Just don't take for granted the little things. It's the little things. You know, I want to be a person that, that the little things, the big things, the in-between things. And, and sometimes people might say, man, what are you talking about? You're thankful for your toothbrush? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand to your feet tonight. Father, we just lift our hands tonight. We're just so thankful for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you, Lord, for another great year. And we just thank you, Lord, with anticipation. Lord, even as this year comes to a close, we thank you for all that you've planned in our life, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through our lives and Lord that Lord as we yield ourselves more and more to you Lord that that greater things will happen and Lord we just thank you we're just so thankful Father for all that you are and Lord we just give you glory we give you honor we give you praise we thank you Lord even as we go from this place that your angels protect over us that your angels watch over us and Lord that you keep us from evil Lord I just thank you for every person Lord even this week, as, as, as they go and celebrate with family, Lord, I thank you for your anointing upon them. And thank you for your protection upon them. Lord, that no harm and evil will come near their dwelling. In the name of Jesus, and we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.